I had a wonderful Dragon Con and got to moderate some amazing panels with gaming legends. Plus, I remember someone I called a professional friend who we lost last week. Tonight is September 11th, 2022, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say, even uh, if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what, what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore, what would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwell. Making sure I'm hitting all the correct buttons to get things to happen and stuff. Race for incoming hogwash. That is right. Race for the hype train as well. Thank you so much. It's been two weeks since we've been here here at Vogue. We've been at DragonCon, and there is a hype train going on in Twitch. Thank you so much. It's already at level two. Thank you so much for the people that go above and beyond. I will recognize all y'all at the end of the show tonight. But welcome to a, a post-DragonCon edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on the Voice of Geeks Network, at twitch.tv slash vog network welcome thank you so much we do take the show live uh, each and every sunday night uh when there's no convention or something uh sunday nights 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific at that twitch channel twitch.tv slash vog network uh that is uh where i'm going to be trying to read intelligent comments from chat throughout the night uh breakman asks, what stuff did i bring you from the con um hopefully not covid uh, and we will get back to that. Uh, that was a souvenir a lot of people took. And, um, you know, we, we will touch on that. Uh, it is very disappointing. Uh, and uh, I kind of wish that wasn't the case. But it is, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but, yeah, so if this is your first time here, if you maybe found me from DragonCon from either the digital media track or the video gaming track, welcome. I am a 17-year podcaster. I've been doing this thing for 17 years. Uh, and uh, I've been doing the same show. Uh, I named it after myself, The Bobby Blackwell Show, because I thought I was only going to do it 17 days and not 17 years. Uh, I used to make jokes uh, that you that people now wouldn't understand because it happened so long ago. Because like I used to say like 10 years ago, oh, yeah, I named it this so Jay Leno wouldn't take my job. And nobody gets that joke anymore because that's so old news. Um and uh, But it's an AM radio-style talk show is kind of how I explain it, where I basically give my opinion uninterrupted because I have the mic. And then I also solicit chat comments and get the other side in uh, to, to about what we're talking about. And I do take calls as well. Usually, if I leave enough time at the end, I have basically one hour. I stop myself in an hour so I don't go forever and ever and ever and ever. Uh, but we do take calls on our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. There is a green room voice chat channel you can hop in. Uh, and then if I see you during the segment, I will pull you into another voice chat channel and we will, um, and we will, uh, we, we will talk about whatever's going on in the gaming industry that you want to talk about. So, uh, so yeah, so that is, um, that, that's the show. Uh, and, uh, we're going to, even though it's, it's a very somber occasion, I mean, today is September 11th. Uh, so, um, it's, uh, on top of being Loki's birthday, it is a very important day, uh, 21 years ago here in, here in the United States, uh, and, and a lot of remembrances and, and stuff. So, 
uh, my thoughts are with you if you are still uh, if you so if you had a loved one or somebody that you knew that was affected by what happened 21 years ago today uh, and also uh, to those people who are overseas uh, and in especially in the UK uh, I know uh, the, the Queen uh, has passed away and so there there is a new king and uh, I know that has greatly affected people on b both directions either they want to take a moment of silence or they do not want to take a moment of silence and they want to scream loudly during a, a moment of silence so uh, it is a somber time and we're going to start off with a little bit somber uh, before I get into the more fun stuff of uh, the rest of the show because I'm going to talk about a friend of mine who passed away during Dragon Con I was pretty drunk when I learned about this so it didn't hit it didn't didn't go over so well but uh uh, Mike Fahey, and uh, you may know Mike Fahey from uh, Kotaku, and you may have strong opinions about Kotaku, uh, and I'm not going to talk about Kotaku, where what they've been, what they've become, uh, you know, and, and all that stuff. I'm going to talk about my friend Mike Fahey, and I say a professional friend because we didn't get the chance to be actual friends. Mike Fahey only lived about five or ten miles away from me. Uh, we were here in the same area, and when I started this podcast 17 years ago, uh, this was back when I was considered gaming media. Podcasters were considered gaming media. Uh, they are not now. We are now considered influencers, and we're in a different uh, place uh, in gaming than a uh, a news site or a blog or an IGN or something. somebody that does more professional things. Uh, I was treated the same. And so what would happen in the late 2000s a lot of times is that there would be some kind of gaming event in Atlanta— and they would invite every member of the gaming media they could that would come to Atlanta. And it would invariably be two people. It would be myself and Mike Fahey. And so there were many, many events uh, when I was the first couple of years of this podcast where Mike Fahey and I would have no clue how we were going to ever cover this for our audiences because it was not relevant to Kotaku's audience. Kotaku didn't want to hear about some of this stuff and we both knew it was going to be vaporware and it was and i knew i would be wasting the time of my podcast audience if i covered it too much now i would still run an interview so you if you go back to my archives you will find that i interviewed these vaporware products you've literally never heard of never came out and it was because they they gave me free food and free booze and so i said sure i'll give you coverage that's that's proper payment right and uh, Mike Fahey would be there as well, and he would write some kind of article. Uh, he would try to write something on Kotaku that would get some hits because uh, that's how Kotaku writers were paid. He actually went through the pay structure of Kotaku, and it made me actually really kind of respect what they were trying to do, what the bloggers and then the individual writers were trying to do. And uh, he would try to write something and then try to like offset it with, here's some cosplay pictures, something that would get hits. Uh, because the stuff we were covering was not going to get hit. So we basically sat back and, you know, kind of made fun of things uh, while everybody else was happening. And um, so uh, I got to know Mike pretty well. Um, we've actually been to each other's houses once. Uh, I took him home from the airport one time because he didn't want to make his partner get up at like we took a red eye back from a PAX so it was a red eye from uh, and it was one of those times I like did PAX on the weekend and then Dragon Con on Monday and we were both at PAX he came back we, we also talked in the press room because I was allowed to be press back then that's how long ago this was and uh, we both rode Marta the train up to the train station and instead of him waking up his partner at 6 a.m. or whatever I was like I can take you home and uh, you know his six foot six body trying to get into my Mustang convertible that I had at the time. It was a comedy of errors. But 
uh, we did it, and so I took him back to his apartment, and then um, unfortunately, uh, uh, unfortunately, he, uh, he his apartment got robbed. Uh, right after uh, the Friday Night Gaming video show I used to do, and I had this Vizio TV that we had bought for Friday Night Gaming that I had nothing that I didn't want to do anything with. And he was like, look, I, I, anybody local have a TV. I need a TV. And I'm like, you know what? I actually do. I have a TV right here. And so I sold him the TV uh, that, that we had bought for Friday Night Gaming. Friday Night Gaming wasn't happening anymore, so now it was mine. Uh, and I sold it to him, and he, I even saw it in some videos. He actually used it in some videos, like he was doing like Disney Infinity or Skylander stuff. And uh, he, he, I sold it to him, and he's like, "Well, I can't pay you in money right now." Um, so what he paid me with, and I'm gonna, I got it right here, and I'm, I, I promise you, podcast audience, I'm going to narrate this for you because it's kind of heavy. What he gave me is still in the box, and it's a huge box. But what this is is a limited edition press thing he got because he was press. A Marvel versus Capcom 3 fight stick for the Xbox 360. And this is and and he, it, it was not worth enough of the TV and he actually remembered years later the last time I saw him was at Momocon 2019 and he said I still owe you money for the TV. And I'm like no you don't. You don't, Michael, because by that time he was already in the wheelchair. He already had the first event in 2018 to put him in a wheelchair. And I was like, no, you, you do not owe me a damn cent for that TV. Um, so I never opened this because I, don't, I didn't have any fighting games for the Xbox 360. Uh, but it is a nice collector's edition. So what I'm going to try to probably do is maybe auction this off uh, to go to his and have like 100% of whatever gets auctioned off go to his family. Because uh, he did leave behind two twin, uh, two twin boys uh, and his partner of, of many, many years, who I did get to meet. And she was very, very nice. I'm going to put this down. And uh, so I'm going to figure out how to do that. Um, obviously, I was at Dragon Con when this all happened. So there, there was a GoFundMe, um, and, but I don't know what else they would need. Uh, and uh, the Breakman says, you never used it. That's a crime. I didn't play any fighting games on my Xbox 360. Um. But uh, but yeah, so he came to my house to pick up the TV and he gave me that. So so um, and we corresponded a little bit over the years. I was um, when he was in his wheelchair, my father had passed away and had all these clothes. Unfortunately, my dad was bigger than Mike Fahey. So I had nothing small enough for Mike Fahey. But uh, we had actually conversed and I was like going to like let him go through some of my dad's unopened clothes to see if they were something he wanted. But everything was too big for him. Mike has also been going through a lot of um, – he hasn't had a good quality of life for the past four years. And I going having lost my mother uh, a month ago and knowing that she also didn't have a good quality of life the past couple of years, it, I, I'm glad that he's in a better place. It sucks for his partner. It sucks for his kids. It sucks for his family, everybody who knew him. Uh, he fully intended to come back to work and do more things. Uh, he was getting used to the wheelchair, but he was fighting. He had, like, van issues. Uh, his medical insurance was not paying for certain things. They had to pay for things out of pocket, and then they got screwed by the by the van company. And they re- it's, there's a lot of stuff. The bed, his bed was an issue. He couldn't get a good bed for six months. And uh, it was really sad to see what was going on. And, um, you know, I, I hope that, uh, that he's in a better place now. And... Um, I'm glad for the time that I had to spend with him. 
And uh, HDI Andrew says, I was really sorry to hear about Fahey. Also, I should have given you more drinks to talk about Emperor of the Fading Suns. Hey, you know, I, even though I'm just an influencer and not really game press, uh, and I'll take drinks and I'll talk about Emperor of the Fading Suns. So, yeah. So, Mike, uh, love you, man. Uh, you were a lot of fun to be around. You did a lot of good things. Uh, and um, thanks for everything. Because, uh, Mike... There was a podcast episode I did in November of 2008 uh, because I streamed live from a uh, PC gaming center called the Computer Arena. It was for Hi-Res Studios, and they were doing an event called Poning for a Cure because it was P-W-N-I-N-G for a cure, and it was for Global Agenda. This was before they made Smite and all that stuff. And uh, I broadcast live from there, and I was talking to people that were doing, like, esports stuff, and... All throughout the episode, Mike Fahey just came back to the podcast table and we just talked about stuff because I was just broadcasting for like three hours on All Games Radio. I haven't listened to it lately, but I do remember it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then he wrote about me in Kotaku when he covered that event for Kotaku. Uh, and so, you know, I was very grateful for that and grateful for his support and the, all the support he's given me and all the the, uh, the advice and the compliments he gave me uh, throughout basically our, you know, 17 year overlap in gaming media. Um, so, so yeah, so, uh, I'm going to try to figure out, like, I just had the idea about auctioning off this controller, like about two hours ago. Uh, so I want to do that. I'm going to figure out how to do that and see, uh, how I can get it to the family because they still do live about five to 10 miles away from me. Uh, we are pretty close by, uh, but I don't know her all that well. I think I've met her once and it was like 12 years ago or something. So, um, Stay tuned for that. Uh, but uh, it is, it's, I hope it's in good condition. It's never been taken out of the box. It's not shrink wrap, so I don't have that. But, um, you know. Uh, so uh, thanks for everything, Mike. So now we're going to get into the actual meat of the show here. Uh, so first off, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Tilt 5. Uh, so the Tilt 5 AR goggles, which I don't have within reaching distance because they were sitting on my desk over here and I moved them. Uh, for tonight, but uh, uh, the Tilt 5 AR goggles, I talked about them a little bit two weeks ago or three weeks ago, and uh, we got some comments on our Discord server from people who usually can't listen live, and I do want to mention uh, that uh, Bull wanted to correct some of the stuff that I said about how the Tilt 5 works. So the Tilt 5, it's AR goggles, but it's actually a projection, so they're not showing you the holograms. It's actually projecting the image down onto a playmat. And then it's reflecting that image back up, uh, and your your uh, your glasses are really uh, essentially polarized and actually looking at the image. And that's how it does the AR. It's different from like the HoloLens, where it's showing the holograms just put in front of your eyes. So Bull says regarding the Tilt Five game board, it is retro reflective. That's the actual term, not non reflective. Uh, for anyone trying to understand how it works, it's basically the coating used in high vis clothing or a modern road sign. Light bounces back toward the source. Uh, so that, that he was kind of explaining some of how it works. So thank you so much, Bull, for that, for keeping me honest on that. Fluke, uh, who hasn't listened in a while, but he was uh, around a lot more when I was doing a lot more VR content. Uh, he also got the Tilt 5, and he was actually brought up on our Discord that he was not having a good time with it because of either hardware failures or just the, the product not being there. And I was mentioning that, you know, he's... A lot of the concerns that I have are the same ones he had about, like, the short cord length and the overheating. And um, and uh, Fluke actually said, unfortunately, the more I see of Tilt 5, and remember, he has one of these. He has a Tilt 5. 
Uh, the more I think you're right. The speakers on, on my unit are faulty, though, so it needs replacing. But it just seems the image quality isn't well quality. If this is what we've got now, I hate to think what Cast AR, which was what Jerry Ellsworth was working on before, uh, I believe at Valve, uh, must have been like all those years ago. Or maybe it would have actually looked impressive back then. Uh, and then he also said later that uh, he had his Tilt 5 on for about a half an hour or so to record some video and audio for their tech support. When all of a sudden the projector stopped, checked the log files, and apparently the uh, the projectors were registering temperatures of about 60 degrees Celsius. So there's fans in the top. You can actually hear the fans. Uh, and, uh, the, you know, if they overheat the projectors, uh, they, they stop working. And that's why the fans are there. And so... My unit hasn't overheated since I, that initial time. Uh, I brought it to Dragon Con, even updated it to the latest drivers, had Rob try it at Dragon Con, uh, and it worked fine for you know the entire 30 minutes. Nothing ha- happened wrong. I don't know if my speakers are faulty. I hear a lot out of the right ear, but not really the left ear, so I don't know if I've got faulty speakers because I don't know how it's supposed to sound. Um, but I am uh, kind of I'm cautiously optimistic about the future of Tilt 5, I don't th- I'm I'm glad that what I've got is basically the beta Kickstarter version and not really a product that's going to be on store shelves cuz this is not something that should be on store shelves yet, but that doesn't mean that it can't be in the future. But right now, it ain't there. So thank you so much to uh the audience on our Discord who is uh going back and forth a little bit about the Tilt 5 and uh it was very it was very illuminating about some of the stuff about how it works. Dragon Con was this weekend, though. That's why I wasn't here last week. And uh, I am going to start off with the lead, because unfortunately I mentioned this at the beginning. And uh, the, the, the lead is medical related. And I will say that what I have learned is that common sense precautions work. Because when you don't have common sense precautions, things go badly. So uh, what I am talking about is the big C, uh, the big COVID. Uh, so there was no, uh, vaccination requirement to enter Dragon Con, uh, and, but there was supposed to be a mask requirement. You were supposed to be masked at all times within the areas, uh, of Dragon Con. That was not enforced, and, uh, it was silently dropped. You won't find anything public that says that, but it was silently dropped. Uh, about halfway through the convention, they said, uh, because, unfortunately, volunteers and, uh, and were, were getting assaulted, uh, they made the call that uh, it was impossible to force everybody to do it. Uh, the hotels were obviously not going to enforce any kind of mask mandate because there were people in the hotels that were not with Dragon Con and there is no mask mandate. And the CDC changed their guidance like a week before Dragon Con that says max- masks are now optional. Uh, so they basically said you no longer need- have to stop people from entering. Um, what would actually happen is people would put on a mask to get in the door and then immediately take it right off. Uh, and there was no checking inside of that. And uh, so what this means is that in all of the discords I'm in for various circles at Dragon Con, a good 75% of them came home with COVID. That was the con souvenir that most people got. Uh, I did not come home with COVID from Dragon Con because I came home from Southern Fried Gaming Expo with COVID. Uh, I think it was Southern Fried Gaming Expo. It might have been just before. It might have been just after. The timing didn't seem completely right. Uh, but I had COVID basically for, oh, like, it, it, my, I was very symptomatic for about four days. They were in between the Sundays 
So, like, you probably didn't notice on the show because I didn't come down with the symptoms until after my Sunday night show, and then I was back the next Sunday night. Uh, and I think what I got then was the same thing that everybody at DragonCon is getting now. So I personally have been testing negative. My wife has tested negative. Uh, but unfortunately, many people that attended DragonCon uh, came home with COVID, and it's not an asymptomatic case. So uh, they're doing all they can with the hydration uh, but it is the worst con souvenir ever. And um, I think what that shows is either, A, we are not ready for large-scale events like this um, that without any kind of common-sense precautions, uh, because, uh, because a lot of the people that came down with COVID were wearing their mask very diligently, but if other people aren't wearing masks, then it doesn't really help. Because um, you've got to have both sides. Because when I did Games Done Quick just a month and a half ago, or two months ago now, uh, nobody came home with COVID. Like, there were people that showed up with COVID and had to leave, but it didn't spread. And that's because everybody adhered to the rules. Uh, when you don't adhere to the rules, uh, this is going to happen. So either A, we're not ready for these large-scale events, or B, uh, you it may large-scale events may no longer be for you if this is a big concern for you and if you are worried about long-term effects about COVID. Because unfortunately, I don't think the large-scale events are going to stop anymore. But um, I, I think that we are going to be uh, seeing a reduction and a change in who shows up to these events. Um, and Orange Wright says conventions should be the last thing that comes back. Uh, Fifth Dream says we're not even ready for the grocery store. HDI Andrew says last year mass compliance was 99% and DragonCon had no COVID outbreak. And that is absolutely correct. There was, a, and in fact, last year at Dragon Con, there was one person in my circle who had COVID. He was on the digital media track. He got COVID. He was symptomatic a little bit on Monday on the last day. Nobody tested positive. Nobody. And he was on panels and, and all that stuff. But because, because of all the, the common sense precautions, nobody else tested positive, just him. And he got over it just fine. This year, it, a lot of people who people who didn't already get COVID uh, or had it within the last month. I had it six weeks before, which I think helped me not get it, even though Rob literally stayed at my house. And Rob Roberts, Bolar, he was one of them that got COVID and he was symptomatic at my house. Um, we didn't get it. So HDI Andrew says, my whole crew wore masks diligently, attended all five days, and none of the five of us came down with everything. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's, it's I don't know why. It, it happens. Rob Roberts came down, wore masks diligently all five days, and got COVID. Um, and it wasn't Rob was not patient zero, I promise you. Um, and uh, no, nobody really was patient zero. It just it, it, it is what it is, unfortunately. And it sucks to say that. It really sucks to say that. But unfortunately, conventions are not going away. Uh, we're going to talk about one that's had to pay massive cancellation fees. Uh, we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. Uh, but... Um, uh, it, it, we just may see a changing of the guard of who attends these conventions uh, because people who are severely immunocompromised probably and severely immunocompromised and care about not getting COVID probably will not be attending conventions anymore. I will say um, that I was shocked and this is going to be the last thing I'm going to say about COVID and then I'm going to talk about the fun stuff about the arcade game. So I promise. So I was kind of shocked about how many people, and if I stereotype people based on how they look, and I sh you shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it. If you stereotype people the, based on the way they look, I saw people who looked like they were most likely severely immunocompromised 
absolutely not wanting to wear a mask. There were many people who looked like the type of person, maybe even they were in a wheelchair or, you know, somebody that, like, if they got COVID, they would get it bad. And, I mean, I'm just stereotyping based on looks. I don't know these people. And the fact that they were not willing to wear a mask, I think that's going to say a lot about our population. Breakman says, I know people still think I'm paranoid for not wanting to go to places like movie theaters. I am still of the the uh, the, the, the mindset of, uh, you know, if you're not ready, you're not ready. And I have to respect that. And I will respect that. I may be more willing to go do things. Um, like go to big sporting events and ride public transit and go to conventions and stuff because I'm I'm willing to take that risk. Not everybody is willing to take that risk. And I respect you not willing to take that risk. And I all I ask is that you respect the fact that I am willing to take that risk for me. And if that means you don't want to be in the same place as me, I completely understand. That's why we have Twitch. S. Jared Matt says, it's always a risk if you go to any of these events in general. I've been I've been to sporting events, concerts, and uh, and fests. There were risks that I took because they're important to my mental health to try to enjoy life the best I can during this time. Um, and, and I totally understand folks not feeling ready yet. So I didn't take that much video because when I was doing video, there were a lot of people not wearing masks, and I knew that was going to be kind of upsetting for people. So I don't actually have that much video to show, but I am going to show uh, a little bit about the... Uh, the, the arcade that was there, the Japanese arcade. I did not get any video of the uh, classic arcade because it was literally the same thing that was there last year. It was all the same machines set up in the same area. It was dark. It was a bar. Uh, and uh, I didn't get to go in when I could have gotten good good footage. But uh, the, the Save, Point, uh, Save Point Arcade, which is based out of Maryland, they took up the mantle that Tokyo Attack took. Uh, that, that Tokyo Attack left when they were uh, had to shut down in 2020 for various reasons, including the pandemic and other reasons, and I'm just going to leave it at that. But um, there were... Uh, so Save Point is the new arcade, uh, the new Japanese arcade that is now taking up the convention circuit. They were at Momocon. I showed a bunch of stuff from Momocon. Uh, they brought a few less... Uh, games to Dragon Con, and they were back in the back corner of one of the buildings that is new for Dragon Con this year because the place that gaming used to be is no longer uh, available for that because they redesigned it and got rid of the big convention floor. So there's a bunch of DDRs. There's uh, so there's there's a Beatmania 2DX, and it was all in English. That was the best part. Uh, there was a Sound Voltex and a Beatmania the Final. They were working on it when I was making this video, uh, but it was up later. There was a pop in music, some Jubeats uh and stuff so they they had a decent selection of like japanese rhythm arcade games that's what they really focused on there were a couple of cabinets that had they had they had initial d in one corner and then they had some fighting games over in another corner uh and i think like there was even like a the pokemon uh puzzle league and stuff so um so yeah and uh, pop culture says more america smart stuff so uh, I, I will mention that the America's Mart 1, which was uh, where the board gaming has been for the past couple years, uh, it is no longer uh, available. Uh, so America's Mart 2 is where the dealer's hole is was, and that was four floors. And then America's Mart 3 is across from that. That is now where the gaming is, and it's the farthest thing away from all the hotels. It kind of sucks. Here's Rob Roberts masked up playing Beatmania 2DX. Uh, and... Um, and uh, and so they they moved things around uh, because of that. But there's no more sky bridges that go all the way to where the board gaming and the card gaming and the miniatures are. Um, 
So also there, uh, and so that was that over there. So I, I did take some video. This is for the Trek track. This was uh, uh, my friend's uh, Peter. He did uh, the holographic uh, doctor with Connect. And so you could talk to the doctor from Voyager and actually like play rock, paper, scissors with him. And then I took, you know, a, this a, a video of like the digital media track banner thinking I was going to get more video inside there. And what's going. Wait a minute. How did this. Hang on. Hang on. Um, this video that is up here. This is Rob in my arcade beating my Tron high score. How did how did this how did this get in? How did this get in? This is not um, I didn't. I don't did Rob hack my computer um so yes uh Rob took the high score on my machine of Tron but that's not all um he also took the high score of my rush pinball table in his second game ever um and so uh I I um I've had to make a change to my arcade have you seen this man? Do not let this man in the arcade under any circumstances. His crime, high score stealing jerk. Punishment ban until next Dragon Con visit. Warning, this man should be considered extremely dangerous to home arcade high scores. Will not give a f while doing it either. Use extreme caution and be prepared to reset your high scores after he visits. So SSJ100 Matt's sign is now hanging up outside my arcade. The Breakman says factory reset. Yes, I, I, I should. I should do that. So, uh, yes, so now there, there is a, uh, a sign outside my arcade that Rob Roberts cannot enter my arcade anymore. And, uh, you know, we're going to, we're, we're just going to leave it at that. One-year ban. It is harsh. It is very, very harsh. And also, uh, Rob, in this, uh, when he was doing this, was, in fact, where the, the next day I took a picture of him, and he is wearing a shirt that literally says, sorry, I was mean on the internet, because he posted all about it. He posted all about it. So Rob is banned. And that was my Dragon Con, banning Rob from my arcade. It was his second game on the pinball machine. We're not going to talk about the fact that I also did not already have the top scores on my machine, that a friend, two different friends had the actual top scores on my machine. I was number two on both of them, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, SJ Warner Matt asks, uh, uh, so, so question about Dragon Con planning. If someone wanted to go, how early does one have to start planning to come like hotels? Um, so if you want to go and you want to get the cheapest price of your Dragon Con ticket, you probably need to get it I, I, right now. Um, the Dragon Con prices for the four-day weekend badge or the five-day weekend badge now, they are the lowest right at the convention, and then they go up 10, 10 bucks like every couple months. And I think maybe you have until the 14th of September before they go up, but they are the cheapest right now. So if you want to... Go and attend Dragon Con. Now is the time to get your five-day badge. Now, in terms of hotels, it is uh, the Hotel Hunger Games. Um, all the hotels that are at the con are sold out already uh, because there's a lot of legacies. But they will open up rooms as time goes on. And so you can look around now. 
But I will tell you, we've already paid the deposit, I believe, of our hotel room for next year. So uh, you're going to want to get in on Dragon Con now if you want to do it next year. You can always get a hotel room further away, closer to the convention, but also realize that in Atlanta that same weekend, you've got two major college football games. You've got Black Gay Pride. You've got There are other events going on in the downtown Atlanta area that are not just Dragon Con. So Atlanta is packed on Labor Day weekend. Uh, so you will want to plan accordingly for that. Rob Roberts says, I love it's how it's the high scores that bother him and not the COVID germs I got over everything. I, we already had COVID six weeks earlier. So you just got the variant that we were already over. So, yeah. Uh, Breakman says it's easier to get Stones tickets. Oh, it's easy to get the Dragon Con badge. That's easy uh, because, like, uh, some like the one-day badge is sold out, but the five-day badge never sold out. You could have gotten that online the day of the convention. It's getting the hotel. It's, it's finding a place to stay. That's the hard part. There was something very important that I wanted to talk about as well. Uh, it's the panels that I moderated. And uh, I would be very remiss if I didn't talk about this panel. Uh, so I did a couple panels. I did some panels on digital media. Uh, the McElroys were on the panel with with me, uh, and it, it was a lot of fun time. I got to see Justin McElroy, who we had a beef, a fake beef with, like in 2007 over podcasting when he was with Joystick. Uh, and um, that was a lot of fun. But really, I didn't realize... Uh, that I thought like the Red Dead Redemption voice actor panel, that would be kind of like the big one for me. And it really wasn't, even though they were wonderful guys uh, that did that. We had um, uh, three of the voice actors from Red Dead. We had the John Marston, we had Arthur, uh, and we had... Um, Oh god, the the bad like the bad guy, but not really. Like he became the villain of Red Dead Redemption Two, but he was part of your gang. I can't remember his name, uh, the character name. Uh, Benjamin Byron Davis was the the voice actor, and they were a lot of fun. They were a lot of fun. They held the room. They were there all four days. Uh, they did a voice actor panel uh, all four days. And they were a lot of fun, and it was a great... They're not voice actors, though. They're performance actors, which meant that they had all the ping-pong balls and the, 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 the stuff, and they were all on the same stage. They weren't in a voice actor booth. They were very adamant about differentiating that. Um, but the panel that got the most attention and went viral, and oh, if, I, if I did not mention this at all, I, probably, I, would, have, I would have heard from it, uh, was uh, the Mortal Kombat panel. So I moderated a panel on the video game track uh, with Carlos and David Piscina, who were the original mocap uh, mo martial arts masters, uh, or at least Daniel's a, a, a master. Uh, not Car uh, Carlos, I don't think, is at master level, but Daniel is. Uh, and they were like Johnny Cage and Sub-Zero and Scorpion and stuff. So yeah, not David, it was Daniel, speaking off the top of my head. Uh, but it was a lot of fun to do, to do, do this panel. This was not in a ballroom. Uh, but and it was recorded on YouTube, so I'm gonna you, I'm gonna have the link in the show notes and stuff, but you can find this panel. And it was just a lot of great questions uh, from the audience about uh, Mortal Kombat One and Two, which is what they worked on. Uh, we did not get into any of the legal issues that happened between them and Midway before Mortal Kombat Three. Uh, Carlos has been kind of working with the series a little bit, uh, but um, yeah, since then, uh, but really they were there for Mortal Kombat One and Two. So you can find this in uh, complete. Uh, panel on YouTube. It was recorded by uh, independently of Dragon Con. Uh, it was recorded and it was put on YouTube. So uh, Breakman says so they were motion capped too. They were motion capped in the sense and they were even running video of like just them like you know actually just filming and then they made the sprites out of that. 
Um, and uh, Dark to See says, definitely grateful there was a YouTube upload. This was fun to watch. Amused at some of the development stories for sure. Yeah, there were some great development stories. A lot of great questions that spurn uh, that that spawned some of those stories, and it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, they uh, were very appreciative. Uh, the Pacina brothers were, uh, and we, you know, we've been, you know, talking about each other on Instagram for a while. So hopefully they will be back next year because they st- they're still in touch with like the original Sonya Blade and some of the other original uh, cast of Mortal Kombat, and uh, uh, you know maybe th- maybe we'll bring more Mortal Kombat people next year for Dragon Con, and so that would be a lot of fun. So check out that panel on YouTube if you want to uh, see one of the panels that I moderated. Uh, that one's up there right now. One of the panels I did for the digital media track about how to be a uh, streamer and be, thrive when you're 40 years old or over. Uh, that one will be uploaded to YouTube later. That was streaming live on Twitch. And in fact, since the panel room was full, there were people out behind the panel room, just out in the hallway, streaming it on their phone so they could watch it. So, uh, so yeah, so that was, I, I, I even have the Mortal Kombat Sega CD. I had the Sega CD version instead of the Genesis version uh, because you didn't have to enter the blood code. On the Sega CD version, it just automatically had the blood on when you loaded it. But other than that, it was the same game. It just had Redbook Audio. But I have that here on my set behind me, my desk. I call it my set. Um, so, yeah, so check that out for Dragon Con. Another uh, convention, uh, an event that uh, that had very good uh, precautions. I've already hinted at it. It is not going to be happening in January. So I'm going to talk about awesome games done quick. So here we go. If there's a speed, uh, if there's a drinking game about me talking about speed running like there used to be for VR, it's time for you to get your drink. Um, so uh, awesome games done quick 2023 is going to be online. Summer games done quick was held in person. Like I said, they had masks. Everybody wore a mask. Everybody was vaccinated. Everyone was boosted. Uh, and uh, while people, like like two or three people showed up with COVID, nobody came home with COVID. Nobody got COVID as a souvenir. It was not Dragon Con. Uh, so they would love to replicate that again, but they can't. So they made a Twitter thread saying that it's going to be taking place online on January 8th through 15th, like the previous four GDQs. And this is what they said, quote, While we would love to return in person, we've determined that to provide a safe and welcoming event to all, it was best that we move away from our originally planned location in Florida. Given the state's continued disregard for COVID-19 dangers, including anti-mandate policies and an increased aggression toward LGBTQ plus individuals, including the law colloquially known as Don't Say Gay, we do not believe it is a safe place for our community. Immediately after the success of AGDQ 2020, we secured a contract with the venue in Florida to return in 2021. Since the global pandemic was declared, we postponed in-person events until it was safe to return. We've explored multiple options which would allow us to remain in person by relocating to a safer location. Unfortunately, the cost required to cancel our contract is too great to justify relocating AGDQ while paying the cancellation fee, and we are no longer able to delay our contract. This ultimately led us to move AGDQ 2023 online. While the move to online will allow us to save some on expenses, we will have considerable costs to recover. We are looking to recover it wherever possible, including community support via Twitch subs. We thank the community for their support. So, essentially, let, let, me, let me just put, say this. I plan on volunteering. I plan on submitting a host application, although with it being online, there's a greater pool of people that are hosts, so there is nothing that is guaranteed. I may not be able to be selected as a host. I may not be involved with AGDQ. It really depends on how the audition goes, which I haven't done yet because they haven't sent out the audition information yet. 
uh, volunteer signups started today on uh, on the 11th. So if you want to be a hosted uh, at GDQ, now is the time you need to sign up. So go to gamesdonequick.com for that. Good luck. Maybe we'll be working together. So GDQ is an extremely p- progressive organization, almost to a fault. This might be a fault because I'd, if you read between the lines, they are risking bankruptcy as an organization. Games Done Quick itself is not a charity. It is a for-profit corporation that puts on events for charities, but it itself is not a charity. They are risking bankruptcy and going out of business to stand by their principles. And they talk about anti-mandate policies, and it has been informed me multiple times by people that live in Florida, not in our Discord, but elsewhere, that there is no anti-mask, like... People seem to think that it is illegal to require people to wear masks in Florida. That is only in public government buildings. That is what the actual law says. So they absolutely could require masks inside the building. However, I do believe it is still against the law to require vaccination to and to do anything. No business in Florida can require you to have vaccination to enter the premises uh, or else you are fined an, uh, a, a large amount. Uh, I believe that is still the case in Florida, and that is what they are talking about when when they say anti-mandate policies. Um, They are allowed to require masks while while on convention grounds, but they are not allowed to ask you your vaccination status. You are not allowed to ask that if you are based in Florida. You cannot deny access to somebody based on because of their vaccination status. That is that is currently illegal in Florida, as we all understand it. So that's why they they said that. But then they talk about the LGBTQ policies. And this is more of a values thing because those the 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 colloquial bill they were talking about would not affect any GDQ attendee personally. It would not affect them specifically if you look at that. But there are enough people in the GDQ organization, in volunteers, attendees, speedrunners that fall under that umbrella that they would not attend. If it was in Florida, they do not want to spend their money in Florida. So you have a whole lot of uh, you have a whole lot of people that were like, you know what? We won't go. And that means it's harder for them to do things. Uh, this is also and I live in Georgia. We had the all star game removed uh, last year, the Major League Baseball all star game. Sorry, pod culture. We're talking sports ball, but it was moved. The reason they moved it is because a whole bunch of baseball players said they weren't going to come to Georgia to do it. And so the event was going to suffer because the top players were not going to show up. And so it wouldn't have been a true all-star game. If they continued to hold a GDQ in Florida, it would not really be a true GDQ because a lot of the top speedrunners would not show up. And many of them were volunteers. So it would be a lesser quality production because they wouldn't be there to help. There is a uh, and I've seen this this sentiment online and I want to push back on it. Uh, Orange Wright said uh, was talking about the Bugs Bunny sawing off Florida GIF that gets thrown around. No, there are many, many good people in Florida. You got to realize that it was like 51 percent is the current governor got elected with 51 percent. So there were 49 percent of people that didn't vote for him. And then a lot more people who didn't vote. But but of those who voted, like it was a very close election. Florida is also the most uh, historically important swing state in our nation's history. Think back to 2000. 
So there are many good people in Florida, just like there are many good people here in Georgia, even though you may not agree with the politics of the people at the top. Uh, there are people that are working to fix this. And so sawing off the entire state is not the right thing to do. But right now, a lot of people do not feel comfortable spending their money in the state and giving and contributing to the economy of the state, even though Orlando, which is where it was, is more of a progressive town than the rural parts of Florida that are all around it. So I, uh, I, I applaud them for this. Uh, it is a huge risk for them. Uh, they are sticking by their values and they are making sure that GDQ can be the event it could be, the best event it could be, because now those people that wouldn't have stepped foot in Florida can still contribute to GDQ. So it's going to be very interesting to see um, how that how that shakes out and how that works out. Um, and uh, it's going to be an online event. They have been proven that they're able to do really good work with the online events. Uh, SGDQ, uh, yeah, AGDQ 2022 raised a lot of money. It raised, uh, so they are completely able to raise a lot of money for the Prevent Cancer Foundation, uh, doing an online event. You know, kudos to them for sticking the, to their principles. Hopefully, this is gets them out of the contract for, as a whole. Because I know they had signed a multi year contract in January of 2020 before we thought that the world was going to shut down. Um, and so maybe this gets them out of that. And maybe they can find another warm weather place to have their January event in 2024. So uh, the news story that I just wanted to mention, even though I'm, you know, I'm going to be running up on, on time here. We're not going to have a music break. Uh, I didn't plan for a music break. Uh, but there was a news story uh, that, that I wanted to mention just because I thought this was kind of interesting. GamesIndustry.biz reports that Microsoft has promised to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation for three years beyond the current agreement between Activision and Sony, says PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan. So remember, Microsoft's trying to buy Activision Blizzard. Sony's trying to say, no, they shouldn't. All the regulators are saying, no, they, you know, maybe they shouldn't. Maybe we need to investigate to see if this is going to be a monopoly-type situation. And Microsoft's like, well, no, no, no. We're going to work with everybody. Like, we're not going to be the monopoly. And, and James Ryan uh, and, and Jim Ryan... Uh, CEO of PlayStation is like, no, 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 you're not. Uh, in a statement provided to GamesIndustry.biz, Ryan says that the offer was inadequate on many levels. So uh, the disagreement between the two companies follows Microsoft's offer to buy Call of Duty publisher Activision Blizzard in a deal worth nearly $69 billion. Nice dollars. The deal is currently being scrutinized by competitors' uh, regulations uh, with the UK regulator, the com uh, Competition and Markets Authority, concerned over the possibility of Microsoft withholding or degrading Activision Blizzard's content from other consoles or subscription services. Last week, Xbox revealed that it had provided a signed agreement to Sony to guarantee Call of Duty on PlayStation with feature and content parity for at least several more years beyond Sony's existing contract with Activision. Xbox said this offer goes well beyond typical gaming industry agreements. The current deal between Sony and Activision Blizzard around Call of Duty is believed to cover the next three releases, including this year's Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. However, Sony says the offer fails to consider the impact on PlayStation gamers. Uh, Ryan said, quote, I hadn't intended to comment on what I understood to be a private business discussion, but I feel the need to set the record straight because Phil Spencer brought this into the public forum. Microsoft has only offered for Call of Duty to remain on PlayStation for three years after the current agreement between Activision and Sony ends. After almost 20 years of Call of Duty on PlayStation, their proposal was inadequate on many levels and fails to take the account of the impact on our gamers. We want to guarantee PlayStation gamers continue to have the highest quality Call of Duty experience, and Microsoft's pro proposal undermines this principle, unquote. So 
there's a specific part of this that they didn't say, Jim Ryan didn't say out loud, but Microsoft said it in their side, and so you need to read between the lines. Microsoft said, yes, for three years, you're going to have feature and content parity. That's the part that Sony doesn't like, because for the longest time, PlayStation had as certain Call of Duty things first. You got it first on PlayStation. You got uh, you got uh, DLC or expansions first on PlayStation. You got exclusive items first on PlayStation. Maybe the closed beta was first on PlayStation. And so if you wanted the earliest access to Call of Duty, you had to get a PlayStation. And Microsoft's like, we're going to promise feature and content parity. And not Weird Al, but parody with an ITY. Not not Weird Al's parodies, even though I like Weird Al's parodies too. But he, they want Microsoft's like, no, you're going to get the exact same thing Xbox gamers get, ex- exact same thing PC gamers get. And so PlayStation's like, no, 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 no. We we don't want the exact same thing. We want the extras. And what they're really worried about is not necessarily for the PS5, but they're worried for the PS6 because. If the PS6 comes out and this it's after this three-year agreement and there's no Call of Duty on the PS6, then the, the P, there are many people out there. I mean, you got to realize Call of Duty games are the number one and number two selling games in the United States for, for the last year. Uh, so if the next Call of Duties after three years for the PlayStation 6, if they're not on PlayStation 6, all those people that literally only play Call of Duty are not going to buy a PlayStation 6. So that's why they say the three years is inadequate to them because, A, they're not going to get their favored nation status as the place to play Call of Duty first and get cosmetics and certain features and certain game modes first. They're also worried about when their next console comes out. If it can't play Call of Duty, um, you know, is the console going to die? Which, you know, September 9th, a couple days ago, was the Dreamcast. It died because EA decided that it didn't need any EA sports titles, so nobody bought it. And then they pirated all the games. And then the Dreamcast was gone because Sony got the exclusives for all the EA sports. That The PlayStation 2 is where all the EA sports games. They don't want to see the same thing happen to them, what happened to the Dreamcast. So I thought that was very, very, very interesting, uh, the comments and, and the back and forth. And Microsoft's like, we will give you three extra years on top of what you already have. So it's like four years from now. And Sony's like, no, that's that's not enough. And so, uh, you know, if this still goes through and if, if Sony rejects that because they didn't accept that agreement, Microsoft signed it, Sony didn't sign it, uh, maybe there won't be Call of Duty after the next three releases. Because if Sony says, well, three years is not enough, and Microsoft's like, well, okay, I guess we're not doing any more, huh? <sighs> We were going to do a music break, but I knew I was going to talk a lot. I knew there was more. There is even more I wanted to talk about this week that I couldn't. Um, and so that's usually when we would, uh, you know, talk about uh, we would try to take calls and things like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we're, we're not going to take calls this week either. Uh, hopefully soon I will talk less and we will be able to take calls if people wanted to be in the green room over at the Vo- uh, Voice Geeks Network Discord in the green room chat channel. That's how you get in there. Um, so uh, coming up next here on the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash Network is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California that talk about games for much, much longer than I do. And uh, I, I am I am still I'm still bitter about uh, my high scores. So um uh, Sacramento, are are you there? Yeah, I'm here, Bobby. And um, oh, 
<clears throat> I think I have a new email coming in. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, it's from my lawyer. How about that? Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, yes, it looks like, uh, yes, he reached out to uh, um, Mrs. Blackwolf, who, um, uh, oh, who has null and voided uh, the arrangements oh, no. at Black, Blackwolf Manor and said uh, that your ban, uh, she did not approve. So how about that? Um, yeah, so uh, I'm coming over. Oh, I still got a Star Wars machine to take oh, no. care of. Oh, no. Yeah, and then the Mandalorian machine next to it. Yeah. Yep. The one I was too afraid to play after getting the Rush High score. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Well, well, I'll have to just have a a talk with him. And I'll have to talk with my lawyer. And we'll see what we can do. And uh, all right. Yeah. Thank you, Mrs. Blackwell. How how so? So how are you feeling after taking my high Um, scores? Um, well, you know, despite the fact your town tried to give me COVID, uh, uh, I did successfully, uh, and, um, I, I'm hanging in there. I'm doing well, right, I have COVID brain, obviously, right. but, uh, I'm, I'm hanging in there. Like today's a lot better. Obviously I have a sense of humor again. Uh, today's yeah. a lot better than, you know, since like Tuesday. So yeah. Yeah. Well, except I'm glad. now Alan has it. That Ooh. part's not so great. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. No. Well. Uh, you know, I, I do hope you feel better so you can come back and I can ban you from the arcade for a second time. Thank you. Sounds great. That's, that's Can't great. wait. Uh, so what I was actually going to talk about a little bit, because um, I think I'm going to be streaming tonight after OLR, uh, mm-hmm. but I've been playing Disney Dreamlight Valley. And that was like the one thing like I that, that was the one thing I cut from the show roll today mm-hmm. uh, was talking about Disney Dreamlight Valley. But that is. Uh, th- that is uh, Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley meets Disney characters, but it's got its own thing, so it's kind of unfair to compare it to to Animal Crossing. Uh, but it shares a lot of the same stuff, and it was uh, it's 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 holding my attention. And I know you were watching it a little bit. I know you haven't had a chance because you've been COVID. But you know what? What did you think of the little bit you've seen of it so far? I enjoyed watching you run around the boat, unable yes. to find the exit. Yes, <laughs> and it turns out there was no exit. Like that—that's one of the downsides of Dreamlight Valley is it doesn't really tell you that much because it is an early access title. It's going to be free to play, but mm-hmm. if you have Game Pass or you pay like thirty bucks for the standard or ninety bucks for the ultimate, uh, you can play it now. It's in early access, so there's a lot of things it doesn't tell you. And I was like, how do I get off the boat? And you don't. You just keep mm-hmm. going around, and eventually you're going to find an item. Uh, and you know, spoiler alert, but they don't tell you this. You're going to find an item, and you're going to be able to reach it from the boat. Uh, but, uh, that, that, that gave me the idea of uh, singing and it did get clipped, even though the clips didn't work. It just, it, it saves the clip and didn't let you do much more with it. Oh, it didn't let me, uh, edit. Usually I try to edit them to make them, you know, uh, but that's, that's good. I'm glad that uh, came through. Yeah, no, I enjoyed, uh, watching a little bit of the stream. I, I'm not sure I got enough of the sense of what the game really is. I feel like what's interesting. I feel like I'm playing something very similar to it right now, but not animal crossing. Um, but it's, it's interesting how they're sort of, um, you know, taking on the farming sim, Jimmy, uh, you know, I, 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 I get the sense they're taking a lot more than just like animal crossing. That's kind of really just a farming sim type of game. Um, but you know, Disney is a strong, strong intellectual property. Uh, it's probably going to take them very far. Uh, I'm curious to see, you know, what develops with it. It's something I, I could see myself putting some hours in it if I wasn't playing a different farming simulator game right now but i guess mm-hmm. considering 
it's not really done yet. It's in early access, then that's okay. I'll yeah. I'll let I'll let players like you work yeah. all the kinks out first. Yeah, and and they're going to add more characters over time. It's going to be a live service game. Uh, you're and that's what they're trying to do is like then you go in and you have these quests. And somebody said it's essentially Kingdom Hearts, but instead of hitting people, you're trying to make them your friend. So I, I liked that that comparison to it, and uh, I think I'm going to be streaming it later tonight. I've streamed three times this week. For like 10 hours or 11 hours or something like that. I don't know. Like Dragon Dragon Con does this to me, and then I'll stop and not stream again for like six months. But right now, I've got something I can stream and have fun with. So I'm I'm, I'm really uh, I'm I'm excited for that. How was uh, so, uh, you know, COVID aside, how was your Dragon Con? And 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 my arcade. Aside, aside from that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you like the play? <laughs> I was I was going there and I stopped. Um, uh, uh, no, I, and all you know. Obviously, look, <clears throat> I'll probably repeat myself a little bit on OLR coming up, but um, I knew the risk I was taking and going to Dragon Con. I was a little surprised it could happen to me that fast, but I'm well aware that there are different variants out there and so forth, and this is very much a different variant, right? Um, I, I don't regret dr- going to Dragon Con mm-hmm. um, because what happened to me could have happened at the grocery store. It could have happened at a restaurant because Alan and I go out to a restaurant every Friday and people aren't wearing their masks there either. And that's probably how I got COVID the first time. Uh, it could have happened in a variety of ways. It just so happened it was at a very large visible event like Dragon Con. So until that, honestly, I had a fantastic time at Dragon Con and just the opportunities that, you know, um, I've been given and you've been given mm-hmm. uh, at Dragon Con and just, you know, the, the thing like that Mortal Kombat panel you got to do. That was incredible. Mm-hmm. And just like being involved with that, like it really took me back to like, oh, gosh, the first time I played Mortal Kombat 2 at an arcade uh, or no, it wasn't even an arcade the first time. It was a convenience store the first time I played it as this kid who like didn't usually fit in mm-hmm. uh, in different different places but when it came to video games i would whoop your butt as katana you know and so it made the other kids like kind of respect me a little bit in when i didn't always feel respected by other kids so like not to not to bring the sob story on too thick but it was like just being there in that moment it really just kind of took me back to like that Mm -hmm. that sort of time and i was like dang like this is like awesome that we're like getting to sit here and talk about this moment in time and the the memories and the the cool little side stories and things that went into it and all that. And so I know I joked a lot over the weekend that I was very jealous that you got to yep. do that, but I'm like, no, I truly am very happy for you yeah. and all that. Um, you know, and I've, I've had my share of, of cool things too. Uh, the red dead panel was great. Um, the, um, <clears throat> panels I got to do on diversity um, as well as microtransactions. You wouldn't think a microtransaction panel would be that interesting. I thought it was fascinating. It's a real mm-hmm. bummer. Uh, we didn't videotape it because I thought some really good points came up. Um, and uh, I got to do a horror track panel for the first time yeah. and uh, tell a room full of people that I believe a, a horror movie to be and my favorite horror movie is Elvira Mistress of the Dark. And I mean that and the entire room cheered and that felt yeah. very good. So uh, yeah, it was it was. Yeah. It was good. I had a great Dragon Con. Lots of creative cosplays. Met some new people. Yeah, it just was a good year. It was a good year. And I got to tell the room of the Mortal Kombat people about what I actually felt uh, in the, the 90s Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, mm-hmm. That what it actually is and what mo- what other movie it is the actual true sequel to. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and you know what? Uh, Master Daniel Piscina, who was right next to me, he's like, you know what? That that sounds good to me. And so I got a Piscina saying, yes, you're right. So even though it's a headcanon for me and you're going to have to watch the panel uh, to find out what that is, uh, but uh, they say it's true, so I'm going to say it's true. 
So yeah, and it's it's just awesome to have them on board. And I've been seeing the love they've been giving you yeah. on Instagram and all that stuff too. That's that's yes. wonderful. Yes, I did, and I, that was I did not expect that. I expected it would be more like the Red Dead panel would be the one that I would get known for, or maybe uh, the one we did on digital media with the McElroys. Uh, I yeah. did not expect the Mortal Kombat one to be the big viral vi- deal that it was, but I am glad that I didn't mess it up, and uh, I am I mean, glad that uh, you I know, did. I did. Yeah, I, I. I know. Well, you were jealous. So, uh, so you beat all my high scores in retribution. Okay, whatever. And now, now, and now, now we're even. Now we're even. Uh, but maybe they'll bring their friends and they'll do two panels, and I can do one, and you can do one. That'd be great. I'd love that. Yeah. No, and I'll, I, you know, I'm truly happy for you. Yes. And it's, it's, it, I, I hate, you know what? Being able to say I'm with him got me a front row seat. Yep. So it yep. worked out. And I've, I've used that on you too. When you had like the big Overwatch <laughs> panel, I was like, I was chilling backstage with the handlers while you were doing your thing. Yeah. So, so, so we get some yeah. fun behind the scenes stuff it sometimes. Does. I actually played a very important part with that video that you don't yes. see. So yes. that's all I'll say. And they thank you for it too. They actually oh, they did. You. That's actually, yeah, they did. They did. That was yep. great. They, they called you out uh, so as, as a special thanks. All right. So uh, what's going to be talking about on Orange Lounge Radio tonight? Oh, boy. Um, so we will get caught up on the weeks in news. Uh, trying to think of some of the things you didn't touch on. Oh, D23 happened this weekend. So we got some yep. big announcements out of Disney and Marvel. And Marvel got a big, big one I really was not expecting. Um, and if you've been paying attention to our show and the things I have to say on games for a while, uh, this one... It may surprise you, too. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit about, oh, how very disappointed and torn up I am inside to hear that the Facebook gaming app is going to be removed. And this is probably the beginning of the end for the platform. And I'm just. Let's take a moment. OK. Uh, anyway. <laughs> also, uh, Twitch losing a mode uh, that you and I use frequently. Yes. And uh, some people are very torn up about it. I kind of get it. Uh, we'll talk a little more about that coming up here on OLR. All right, Orange Lounge Radio is up next. Thanks so much, Rob. Thanks as always, Bobby, and this is Black Wolf. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a talk with my lawyer. Uh, so that is it for me. I will be back next week, Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, Twitch.tv/slash/VogNetwork. Come join us live, interact with the show directly, and um, see how 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 this lawyer thing pans out between me and Rob and and stuff because uh, he. I, I, I promise you, he's there, there's a sign outside my door that says Rob cannot enter my arcade. Uh, there, there's a big wanted poster, and uh, it's 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 not going to happen. So, uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, so yeah, so you can find more information on me. I'm at uh, Bobby Blackwolf on Twitter. I actually have been posting on Instagram a little bit. Uh, I even posted right before this went up. So it's kind of you know I, I have I haven't done that much Instagram until very recently, but uh, I decided to do a little bit of it. So you can find some of that stuff on Instagram. You can see pictures from the Mortal Kombat stuff up there. Uh, but Twitter, at Bobby Black Wolf. Twitch, at Bobby Black Wolf. I've been streaming Disney uh, Dreamlight Valley. I'm going to be streaming a little bit more of it. So go follow me there and uh, enjoy me then. Usually I've been doing that really late. Because uh, like I'll start at like 10 p.m. Eastern or 11 p.m. Eastern and go right way late. So it's more of a West Coast stream, even though I'm on the East Coast. But you can find me there or on our Discord. Vognetwork.com slash Discord. Uh, so if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone. The show is not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet. But we would not be able to make all this work without the generosity of the people who go above and beyond 
uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, contribute to the channel uh, in other ways than just being here. You being here, you listening, you watching, that's really all we ask for. But the people who go above and beyond, thank you so much. So, Dark Tetsuya resubscribed for the 20th month. Thank you so much. Tiger Claw resubscribed for the 40th month. Thank you so much for that. Fifth Dream resubscribed with Prime said, did I get 25, 20% off of my free Prime sub? You probably did. It's September on Twitch. Um, see, and, and September it used to be very easy to tell you what September is, but now it's like you get 30% off if it's your first time, but if you're gifting, it's 20% off unless you've done this for six months and then you can, this, it makes no sense, but it's apparently you can get some discounts if you've never subbed to a channel before. I don't know. I, it, but it, it, it is what it is. It used to be a lot more simpler to talk about. Uh, and then S chair a match here, 200 bits. And that's because we had a hype train going on. So thank you so much. We had a level two hype train, three subs, 200 bits. Thank you so much for the hype train right at the beginning of the show. It is very much appreciated. I am now going to hit the button that says uh, we're going to leave the show. There it is. And uh, will I twirl my mustache in evil way? I do have a curly mustache in Dreamlight Valley because they have no goatees. Uh, so, uh, But you can't twirl it. There's no twirling in motion. Anyway, I'll see you next week. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.